What is up, guys? Welcome to episode 12 of the Vitality Unleashed podcast. We are your hosts, Dylan and Lauren. And today we're going to be recapping our week, giving a little bodybuilding update. And then we're going to get into gut health and bodybuilding, as well as eating disorders, disordered eating, all relating it to bodybuilding especially. Yeah, it's going to be a super, super good episode. I think a lot of people that listen to this are going to relate to it a lot. So first off, let's get into what's new with our lives, Dylan. What did we do this past week? Anything new? Anything new? Oh, um, did we talk about the farmer's market yet? No. No, we didn't. Yeah, so we did go to a new farmer's market and really we just didn't know what we wanted to do for our weekend we typically always try to do something on the weekend and we were really stumped and then all of a sudden i came across this farmer's market on google and i was like this looks like our jam we're definitely going and it fucking was yes it was like our heaven you guys when i tell you is the size of like a super center walmart but it was just like a farmer's market with like a ton of fresh healthy foods ton of supplements everything like that it was so sick we spent like three hours there yeah it was awesome 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 we found so many just natural supplements there like we got a ton of powders um like what were some of the ones we got we got dandelion root we got ashwagandha and we got we got neem asylum husk um we got some seeds, we got black seeds, flax seeds, talked to a lot of people about a lot of stuff and learned a lot of good information. I found some soap that works really well. Um, and yeah, it was all around just a good time. Definitely one of the best adventures we've had here in Florida so far. Absolutely. Lauren, how about bodybuilding? How's that going for you right now? How's appetite? Everything like that? Well, bodybuilding wise, you know deep into the off season as i always say it can be a little bit boring but this past week appetite has definitely been a lot better i've been eating all my food a lot easier i know last week we were both really struggling to eat all of our food it was a lot but we've been doing pancakes now and that's definitely helped a lot because you can just shove so many calories into pancakes especially with syrup and nut butter and everything like that so that's been nice um Still no plans for a show or anything, just growing. Growing, growing, growing. And for myself, I actually just today got my blood work. So then I should be getting that back by this weekend. I'll send that to my coach. He'll analyze that, make sure I am all healthy before my next growing phase. Yes, absolutely. So let's hop right into it today. Honestly, this past week, really nothing exciting Um, Just a normal week for us, but the topic we're going to be really diving into today is eating disorders, and we might have some hot takes here. Some of you might disagree with some things that we have to say, but we're just going to be sharing our raw opinions on everything and our personal experience. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will be bitching and moaning about this episode per usual, but it is what it is. We don't care. We (laughs) We don't care about your opinion, so... Getting speak the truth. Yeah. So getting into that bodybuilding and eating disorders. Does bodybuilding cause eating disorders? Are people with eating disorders coming into bodybuilding? A lot of it. A lot of bodybuilding has always been associated with eating disorders, disordered eating. What are your thoughts on that, Lauren? Um, I mean, yes, 
there's definitely a lot of people with eating disorders within the bodybuilding community. I wouldn't necessarily say that bodybuilding causes eating disorders. I think that it is just a sport that draws in a lot of people that already have pre-existing eating disorders and does absolutely just make it worse of course because you're pushing your body to new limits but a lot of girls especially see the bikini division and that you know i definitely think that that draws in a lot of girls with pre-existing eating disorders who do just want to start competing to lose a ton of weight mm-hmm. and in turn they don't know exactly what they are getting into and come out of the other side much worse and i have definitely been there i can admit that yeah absolutely so many girls will already have dealt with eating disorders prior whether it's a binge eating disorder or it's like anorexia so many of the like literally anything you can think of there's women who have gone through them and then they decide to go bodybuild oh yeah because it's on their bucket list also known as this is an excuse to be able to get emaciated and not and like be able to justify it yeah that's true bodybuilding kind of does like enable some eating disorders to an extent because it does give people that justification for eating this way you know it gives them that justification for eating 900 calories a day you know because Mm -hmm. they're in a prep it's just what you have to do you know but they're really sometimes just looking for that justification that they need and it doesn't always start out so well yeah it's actually super funny like for women it's the starving themselves in prep that they really want to do while for guys it's the dirty bulking eating like 5,000 calories and then so many of these dudes will just get fat as fuck in their off season they're like bro I'm bulking what do you mean and like it's definitely that flip but it's the same thing it's they're just using bodybuilding oh I'm trying to put on muscle on bodybuilding as an excuse to get fat women use it as an excuse to get just dick skin shredded yeah for sure I definitely have a lot of girls that come to me they're like I just want to get shredded I just want to get on stage do whatever you have to do to me I will starve myself and I'm like no 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 (laughs) let's take a step back we're not going to starve ourselves. We're not going to eat 800 calories a day. You know, in some instances, some crazy things do happen and you can't work around it. But that is not the ultimate goal here. The goal here is to keep calories as high as possible. But what you have to do to achieve that is have a good improvement season and really have that good pre-prep phase to make sure that your body is ready to take on a prep. Yeah, absolutely. And that pre-prep phase is so important as well, because as your coach, we want to see that you can actually adhere to the plan. You can be all you can be all this talk. You can say you're going to adhere to the plan, exactly. but we want to actually see you do it because the reality is, like a lot of these girls, they'll come, especially like binge eating is a huge one. Restrict and then binge cycle is what what a lot of these girls do, and that's an issue when it comes to prepping or dieting because what happens? They're you know restricted, restricted, restricted. Typically on prep, you're on a meal plan, and then they're going to go cheat on their diet and go binge one weekend. And and then they just gained 10 pounds back in one weekend. Yes, if you cannot adhere to your program in an off-season, then you will not adhere to your program in a prep either. And I will never, ever, ever consider putting somebody into a prep if they are not perfectly adhering to their plan for at least most of the time. You know, it does just need to be habit. It cannot be something that you are forcing yourself to do. It cannot be something that is super, super hard for you. That has to just be something you fucking do because... And prep, it is 100% in. There is no cheating. There are no days off. There's no a little bit off of the plan. It's 100% all of the time. So you do have to make sure that people are ready for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because so many people take it lightly, especially like we said, we work primarily with young women. And I would say they definitely take it lightly compared to a lot of people as well. Because to them, like we said, a lot of times it's just getting like in insane shape. But then they're like, oh, wait, like I actually have to commit to five months of not like going out and drinking with my friends. What? This is crazy. Yeah. And not only that, but it gets dark. It gets fucking rough. Mm -hmm. I mean, for some people way worse than others, but for some people, it is a big mental struggle. Not only the aspect of not being able to go with your friends, blah, 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 but you know, just the aspect of genuinely being so fucking hungry all the time or so fatigued or whatever your struggle is like, it can get dark and it will definitely get lonely. So you need to just know what you're in for. Yeah, prep will impact your health. It will impact your hormones. It will impact your hunger signaling, everything like that. You have to be prepared for the mental grind just as much as the physical. Because the physical, you know, you're already, if you're prepping, you're already going to the gym prior. You've already been tracking your food prior. Those are things you've already been enduring and should have been consistent with already. But the mental aspect of prep, especially once you get eight, four weeks left, that's when it's fucking tough. Yes, and 99% of the time, when somebody comes out of a prep with an eating disorder, one, they probably already had issues with food before prep, and two, they probably did not have a good pre-prep phase or improvement season. Most of the time, both of these things are in place, and it really is just a recipe for disaster because, of course, if you did not have a good reverse, if you did not have a good growing phase, your prep is going to be a million times harder because maybe you're starting prep at 1,600 calories when you could have been starting prep at fucking 3,000 calories. It does make a huge difference, and this is why your reverse and your pre-prep phase is so important as well as just making sure that your relationship with food is perfect going into a prep it should be 100 perfect if there are any issues going into prep it is going to be a long fucking ride yeah because the reality is i would say 90 percent of competitors if not higher have issues with their relationship with food coming out of prep because of just course. how hungry you are exactly so imagine if you already have issues with food severe issues with food and then you add prep which causes everyone to have issues with food on top of it you're gonna have severe problems by the time you get out of prep yeah exactly i know for myself i always make sure i'm in a perfect place with food like right now i'm in a perfect place with food no issues like my relationship with food is absolutely perfect right now but I know if I were to start a prep, of course, I'll come out of the other side with some issues. Like, that's just what happens. That It's it's pretty much 100% going to happen. You're going to have some sort of negative relationship with food after prep. The reverse is very, very yeah. hard. The reverse is the hardest part for sure because you're, you've died it down for so long and now you all of a sudden still have to be restricting your calories for four eight and you don't weeks. have a stage and a bikini yeah. that you have to get on in a couple weeks like it's a lot easier to adhere to your plan when you know you're going to be on stage in front of hundreds of people and like no clothes than when you have like no show in near the near future but it is so important for your blood pressure your insulin sensitivity 
not putting on too much excess body fat, oh God. you need to reverse properly because it's just, and this is so common, especially with first time competitors where you'll compete and then you'll be like, oh, I'm done. And then you'll go and you'll start binge eating for the next week. And all of a sudden you've gained 20, 30, 40 pounds, depending on who you are. Like, I know. Yeah. Like Anthony Mantello, super, I love this guy. Like, and he's learned so much from it, but I believe it was his first prep. He gained 40 pounds in like three or four days post show just from binge eating he was just eating all he wanted like i know i hate one of my this might be a hot take but one of my biggest pet peeves i hate seeing people romanticizing binge eating post show you know they're going out after the show they're posting these videos oh i ate this cookie i ate these giant meals i ate this i ate that and i'm like that is so unhealthy like it is not only for how you're gonna look like yes you're gonna blow up and put on so much weight from that but it is so unhealthy for your body to consume that much food, that much sodium after being so depleted for so yeah, long. Like, like I just remember, like I ate like a Chinese buffet afterwards, and on top of it, fucking my gut, like my heart, I was sweating, my heart rate was going crazy, like I was like, I might actually die from a heart attack after after eating this food, like genuinely. Yeah, exactly. And so many people, literally, like for the for their last eight weeks of prep all they're looking forward to is that giant cookie that they ordered from this special cookie company and these giant brownies and all of this shit that they already have ordered they ordered like boxes and boxes and boxes and i'm like what are you doing you are setting yourself up for failure your hunger signaling is just so bad that it's like you're so hungry you're like i'm gonna order 10 brownies and the thing you got to do, we're not villainizing having a celebratory cookie, having selling like a celebratory brownie after the show, but keep it in moderation. And that's the biggest problem people have. And I'll say like, even myself, I definitely have that problem as well. Post show. It's like, I'm good at reversing after that. But that first like night, I'm definitely really, like, I was really bad my first time on. And that's definitely something I want to improve in because I just want to make sure like I am staying as healthy as possible. And that it starts immediately after your show. You got to be on it. Yeah, exactly. And you have to just accept the fact that nothing you eat is going to satisfy you. Nothing you eat is going to make you full. Your hunger signaling is so off that you just have to have a plan set in place, you know, and just go to sleep like it's fucking hard sometimes but just go to sleep like you do not need to benji for hours and hours i know it's very very hard sometimes but truly the best thing you can do is just have a have a celebratory meal not six meals and go to sleep you'll feel much better the next day yeah i would say lauren did an amazing job after our shows this our the last time we competed really controlling herself like she was on her shit for sure ton of respect for that yeah honestly like my struggle after my first show was the complete opposite that was when my relationship with food was at an all-time at its all-time worst i remember like after my first show like all i would eat was a chicken salad like you were literally with me like that's all i had and like i would refuse to eat anything else which is fine like fuck yeah staying disciplined but yeah she's she still like we had a show like two weeks like two weeks later or a week after so she was just like i don't want to do it like for that one like at all yeah i'm more so even talking about like two years ago those shows like that's when my relationship with food was at the all-time worst like that post you just wanted to keep that physique at all costs you're gonna starve yourself to keep it there yeah i mean not necessarily wanting to keep that physique i just did not have any guidance whatsoever in my reverse and 
I was really lost. Like I genuinely just did not know what to do. Like my hunger cues were so bad. I was lean for way, 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 way too long. And I was struggling with so many gut issues, so much constipation because I was also living in a dorm Mm -hmm. right after those two shows. So I didn't even have access to any fresh food, you guys, anything. So I was eating all processed food, all like pre-packaged chicken I'd buy at the grocery store and stick in my mini fridge in my dorm and fucking disgusting shit you guys it was so gross yeah her uh her signature meal was car balanced tortilla with a banana and sun butter yeah and i would like heat up fucking broccoli in the microwave and like i knew nothing but it wasn't my fault because i had no fucking guidance or anyone telling me that hey maybe you shouldn't do that (laughs) yeah and i mean that's just like you know something you learn with experience especially it's like if you've never had a problem with it before, then you just don't sometimes don't know what you're facing. I mean, that's really why it's so important to hire a coach. Like I see so many people, oh my God, especially young guys who are like 17, 18, 19, 20. They're like, oh, like, no, 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 I can do it myself. I know what I'm doing. I can do it myself. It's not, okay, you know how to diet. You know how to train. Great. It's having that guidance post show especially that's even more fucking important like mm-hmm. having someone to help hold you accountable otherwise you're gonna blow up like a balloon i know and so many people fire their coach like directly after their show like they just so pay annoying. for the prep and then don't pay for the reverse and i'm like fuck no like <laughs> the, having a coach for the reverse is the most important part and just so many people underestimate it but dylan have you felt like you've ever struggled with an eating disorder no I'm definitely not. I think the closest I've been was just like if I – because I would binge eat, but I just binge ate because I was a fat ass. It wasn't like an eating disorder thing. I just liked eating a ton of food, and I would eat till I was like super full all the time uh, because that's just how I was raised. Like that's how everyone in my family was. And so eventually like I got to a point where if I did something like that and then like I just wouldn't have an appetite the next day. So typically what I would do would be like do some sort of like gut cleanse and wouldn't eat for a day. And then I'd be fine. So that's the closest thing to an eating disorder I had. But like I wasn't fucking hungry. Like it wasn't that I hated myself or I was like I'm fat or anything like that. It wasn't a body image thing. It was just that I wasn't hungry and I was like I need to get this shit out of my stomach. Yeah. I mean it's it's hard to like draw that line between like is this an eating disorder or is this disordered Uh eating? You know, it's hard to draw that line. But I was doing some research today between the two and I mean a lot of the I guess symptoms or the things that come along with an eating disorder like I'll definitely say that yes I did for sure have one from the period of like post my first ever comp season for probably like a year after that honestly like it was a really 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 long time before I was like cool with food again it took a long time for you to get like your relationship with food back for sure yeah definitely because I was reading some of the things and it was like obviously impaired health yes ruining like relationship refusing to eat with others that was something that I really would do like when I was with my family I never wanted anyone to like watch me eat because I was always trying to volume hack my food so much like trying to make my meals as big as possible and it was just like all around gross I was so emotionally attached to food for so long after that just because my hunger signaling was so off oh yeah it was it was an interesting time to say the least but we're over it now and we got through it do you have any advice for anyone like you know you've gotten over it now like what did you do 
honestly, it's just a fucking time thing. Yes, first things first, you just have to bite the bullet and put on the healthy body fat. You just have to. You're never going to get that hunger signaling to stabilize if you try to stay shredded the whole time. That is just something that you 100% have to do. And stop fucking calorie hacking your food. Stop trying to make your meals as big as possible. Stop with these zero calorie noodles. Stop with these this cauliflower rice, you guys. I was there, so I can call you out for this shit. Stop trying to save all your calories for midnight. Stop trying to starve yourself all day so you can binge eat at night. Stop doing that shit because I have been there and you are never going to recover if you keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's fucking brutal out there. And like, it's not just that this binge eating, the starving yourself is an unhealthy habit. It's going to impact your hormones. It's going to impact your gut so much doing this type of shit too. And not just creating a healthy routine, a healthy diet. Yeah, so Dylan, what do you think about people saying that tracking their calories gives them an eating disorder? I actually have, like, especially, like, a lot of people will say, oh, I used to track my calories, but I just didn't handle it very well. I didn't do it very well. Tracking tracking your food is not an eating disorder. Tracking your food, you need to think about it like this. I'm making sure that I'm getting a healthy amount of food in. I'm getting in enough food for my body. A lot of these, a lot of the girls who come to us, if they weren't tracking their food, they would be under eating, not overeating. Significantly. Yes. And that's the thing. Tracking your food needs to be, you're tracking your food to make sure you're eating a healthy amount. The issue becomes when someone who already has an eating disorder starts tracking their food and then they set their calories at 700 and say, well, I set it at 700 calories on my fitness pal. So that's what I'm going to eat today. (laughs) But that's not like, that's them. That's not tracking your food. That is them setting those unrealistic numbers. Yeah, tracking my food is probably actually one of the number one things that helped me recover from an eating disorder because, you know, I if I was not tracking my food, you know, purposely deep down, I'm always trying to under eat, you know, I'd be scared to eat these carbs at this meal. But when I am tracking my food, I'm like, hey, I have this amount of carbs that mm-hmm. I need to eat and I know I can eat this amount of food and not gain weight or whatever my goal may be at the time. But tracking my food has actually probably been one of the best things that has ever happened with my relationship with food, 100% hands down. Yeah, I believe looking at the numbers, breaking down the numbers is so great. The only people who don't fucking like it are the people who want to go out and go drink and go get wasted when they've been tracking their food or they're on a plan. And they're like, oh, like, I just didn't really like it. It was really restrictive. And I'm like, also known as you couldn't go out and you didn't want to track your eight, 10, 12 drinks you had and those two burgers. Like that's why it didn't work because you were eating an unhealthy diet and you didn't want to be reminded of it when you were tracking your food. You were being a little shit. Exactly. If you don't want to track your calories, there's most likely something that you don't want to come to terms with, whether Mm -hmm. that's avoiding something. Yeah. Whether that's under eating significantly and you know it, you don't want to admit it. Or if you're overeating significantly and you don't want to change, you're not willing to put in that change. That is typically the people that don't want to track their calories. It's the same thing as, you know, fat people. A lot of them don't want to go to the doctor. Why don't they want to go to the doctor? Because the doctor tells them the same fucking thing every time you need to lose weight. It's the same thing. You need to eat less. You need to eat more. And so you avoid it. You know, you never want to be told it. So then it just doesn't exist. It's not happening. Yes. Tracking your calories is like budgeting. Think of it like that. Tracking your calories is like keeping a budget for your money. You're just trying to make sure that you don't overexpend your calories or 
just like you're trying to make sure that you don't overspend your money. It is the same thing. You are just keeping track to make sure that you are not setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, if you're someone who binge eats or you and you have some sort of issue with that and you've been traditionally overweight and now you got into shape, it's a great idea to track your food to make sure you know you're like, okay, I know I have this many calories left. I'm not going to be irresponsible. I'm not going to go order this, you know, double double Baconator from Wendy's because I know that that thing's 2,000 calories by itself. It's just you having that knowledge and paying attention to these numbers, paying attention. These are facts. It's a fact. Double Baconator from Wendy's is like 1,800 calories or whatever it is. And yeah, that's as much as some people should be eating in the entire fucking day. And that sucks. Guess what? You can't have that. You can't. Nobody should be having that. Yeah, exactly. 100%. So how do you know if you have an eating disorder? How do you know if it's just disordered eating or if it is actually classified as a dis- eating disorder? And to be honest with you, the line is very, very blurred a lot of the time. You know, it's hard to tell and it doesn't necessarily matter one way or the other because disordered eating can easily turn into an eating disorder. But disordered eating, the difference between the two basically is that Disordered eating does not impact your life on a daily basis. It is not negatively impacting your ability to function on a day-to-day basis while an eating disorder is. It's impacting your relationships. It's impacting your body image. It's impacting just everything. You're refusing to eat with other people. You're always trying to hide stuff. You're hoarding calories. You're exercising very, very excessively. These are all signs that it could be a real eating disorder. So would you say disordered eating would be something like you're like you just eat super low carb? Would you say like like if you're really restricting carbs because it's like an irregular eating habit, you're like, oh, I really restrict carbs, but maybe you don't have like a huge issue with your body image. You're like, but you're keeping it. So then maybe you can maintain your body image. You're like, oh, well, I know if I don't eat carbs, I'm not going to get fat. Yes, I would say that highly restricting your carbs would be disordered eating, but I also do think that it genuinely does matter what your intent is with it because some people are just fucking stupid and they think that that's just healthy and what they need to do. A lot of middle-aged women just think that carbs are bad for you and they might not even be trying to harm themselves or do themselves wrong, but if you are limiting carbs with the intent of trying to underfuel yourself that's when things you know become a little bit more disordered yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah i would say like maybe i had disorder disordered eating at some point but i don't i don't know. i mean i think like a lot classifies as exactly disordered just eating so just not eating like a normal person you know i think of my family they're all just normal eaters they eat what they want when they want it and i feel like if you're not doing that like a lot of people will classify that as disordered eating. So would you classify tracking food as disordered eating? I wouldn't, but I'm sure a lot of people would. Yeah, I would say just paying attention to fucking data and numbers to make sure you're healthy. But, you know, if that's different, I guess if that's irregular from the norm and that's what classifies exactly. disordered eating, but then I would say that's a good disorder to have. Yeah, so one thing that does stem a lot from eating disorders, which a lot of people are not even aware of, but it's super, super common for an eating disorder or even just disordered eating to cause a lot of gut issues. It is very common that someone with gut issues has also had 
a bad relationship with food in the past. They have had very restrictive patterns. They have had binging patterns. Things like that can cause gut issues. Yeah, absolutely. You just see this so often just because when you do have this restrictive eating, you're not getting in the nutrients you need, or maybe it's a binge restrict. So then you're restricting, you have like no fiber in your diet, then all of a sudden you just binge eat fucking ice cream. That's what's going to cause you some serious issues with your gut health. And of course, that gut health leads to even worse mental health issues as well. Yeah. So what happens when you are, what is that sound? Do you hear that? Static, static. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Okay, cool. Got it. All right. So what happens when your body is underfed for a long time? God, what is that fucking noise? Don't touch it. This thing, don't touch it. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, cool. Got it. Got it. Cool. Okay, so what happens when your body is underfed for a long period of time? It actually starts to relocate its energy. So you start to lose energy for the things like socializing, for school for doing any of these mental activities it starts to relocate its energy into survival because your body needs to use all that energy into literally just trying to survive so you start becoming a lot more antisocial. you know the everyday tasks start to become a lot harder because your body is just trying to survive yeah that's why a lot of times in like movies and shit like the goth girl is always super super skinny also it's because that is has such a close relation with like someone who's antisocial. typically like a lot of times will have an eating disorder or something as well especially in those like high school college settings yeah and of course when you are under eating for a long period of time your metabolic rate is also going to decrease very significantly because in reality your metabolism can adjust to almost anything it is very 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 adjustable and when you're under eating for a long period of time this is going to become your new maintenance so then if you start eating more even if it's just a little bit more even if you're eating 1200 calories you might still be gaining weight because you were eating even less than that before yeah exactly that's like that's again like why the reverse dieting period and bodybuilding is so important it's the same thing you diet someone down, they're eating the super low calorie number. You know, if it's a bikini athlete, thousand calories, whatever it is, by the time they get to the end of their prep. And of course, yeah, they maybe before they were eating 2,100 calories a day. If they just go back to eating like a normal person, they're in an 1,100 calorie surplus starting out. And that is not going to end well. They're going to put on a lot of weight fast. Exactly. That's why it is so important to take your reverse slow yes it is so fucking hard sometimes but it's just super super important not only for your physical health but for your mental health too you cannot tell me that your mental health is not going to deteriorate when you gain 20 pounds in a week when you were just stage lean a week ago exactly can you expand more on reversing the process of reversing how that would work because maybe there's someone who even just has you know, an eating disorder right now that they want to work their way through and maybe they want a strategy to help them. Yeah, of course. So reversing all in all is pretty much just slowly increasing your calories on a weekly basis. Might not be every week, just depends on how your body is responding. But you want to do this slowly because after a comp prep, of course, yes, you're going to be gaining weight. You need to be gaining weight, but you want to keep it very, very, very 
minimal. And sometimes, you know, there is just no right or wrong answer for how much weight you need to gain on a reverse because some people will lose weight on a reverse some people will gain weight a lot faster because their body was a lot more depleted there is no right answer but you just want to take it slow you do not want to be gaining more than a pound a week ideally in that first phase of that reverse but sometimes you will especially right after show it's very normal to like almost immediately go up five to ten pounds just from water retention water weight because your body was so depleted but basically week to week basis again you're just increasing calories but allowing your body and your metabolism to adjust and stop going up before you increase those calories again Absolutely. I believe that's a huge mistake people make is where they'll just start pushing calories up and typically they'll push calories up too aggressively, too fast. And then let's just say they even push calories up at a good pace. Then they're pushing them up, them up every single week, regardless, regardless of like how the body's responding. Yeah, exactly. You do not need to be increasing every single week. You might be, but there really is just no saying every body is different. Every metabolism is different. So just take it slow. Listen to your body. If your body is still shooting up in weight, there's no need to keep increasing. Yeah, absolutely. There's no reason to put on excess body fat. It's just going to hurt your mental health, your confidence more, and it's not any healthier for your body. Yeah. So when you are coming out of a super depleted phase, whether that's just a general eating disorder or if you are in a competition prep, there are a few things that you can expect. You can absolutely expect to hold on to a good amount of water weight and experience a good amount of bloating, you guys. Your body was so depleted that it is going to try to hang on to anything and everything that you give it. Truly, like, your body is going to be hanging on to anything that you give it. And your body just has a different ability to be able to hang on to more water than it can food. So it's going to be hanging on to every drop. And that bloating is obviously not ideal, but it's completely, completely normal. And, of course, just general stomach issues this is very very expected yeah it's even when we have even if we have competitors who have a perfectly fine relationship with food but we're we're bringing back up we're bringing up their metabolism because of course we want their maintenance as high as possible before we start a prep even they will experience at some point very possibly bloating water retention start feeling full just because eventually your body hits a limit when you are increasing food regardless where it's like okay we need to chill out for a second we need to calm down here and then you make adjustments accordingly like a mini cut or you just take a deload something like that to help reset the body yes and this is a huge reason why keeping variety in your diet is so 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 important and of course when you're getting to the end of a comp prep you know variety is just going to get lower that's that's what's going to happen you have to start eliminating a lot of the fibers you have to start eliminating a lot of variety but for as long as possible you want to keep a lot of variety a lot of different colors in your diet because you want your gut to have that good bacteria in it and what happens when you're too restrictive for too long your gut no longer has that good bacteria then when it starts getting some bacteria back it cannot properly digest it and break it down so that causes a lot of stomach issues and digestive issues yeah for sure i know uh myself i had some stomach issues coming out of prep and building back up but now i've been pretty solid for a while i know you occasionally will have issues with food now but i don't know if that's related to pushing it up or just the kinds of food 
Yeah, definitely. And it's honestly super common to come out of prep with food intolerances. Mm -hmm. That's where I gained a lot of my food intolerances. My first prep, I was on prep for like eight months, literally eating chicken and fucking like asparagus and fish and just the most simple things that were not giving me the nutrients that I needed. So, of course, I came out of prep uh, lactose intolerant. Mm -hmm. Like I could not so many random intolerances like i could not eat barely anything and some of these intolerances i still deal with today like these can be a lifelong thing yeah and it's so common where if you have gut issues it's going to be something dairy related and that's why if you don't have any issues with dairy right now and that means you don't have any gut issues if you have gut issues and you're consuming dairy and say that's not the problem you're probably fucking lying to yourself but let's say you don't have any gut issues and you're consuming dairy i definitely like to try to keep dairy in the diet at least somewhat for as long as possible usually that would be in the form of like a greek yogurt or yeah, something greek like that yogurt's fine yeah. but everything else exactly it's just like the fermented things are a lot better and that's just what you try to do so then your body doesn't develop those intolerances because that's just going to happen if you don't consume dairy for six fucking months yeah like your body's gonna be like whoa what is this because dairy is an inflammatory food for sure and that can cause you issues once your body's not used to it anymore same thing with red meats as well like i cannot eat any red meats or really any meats with like high and saturated fat at all i just break out get sweaty my weight spikes by like five to ten pounds cannot do it that's just one of the intolerances i have developed over time yeah and i mean that's really a side effect of being on any type of diet for a long period of time where you're restricting specific foods that's why we are so big on flexible dieting right now allowing our clients to really eat the foods that they like eat a lot more variety and even in the meal plans that we do make we make a huge effort to include a lot of variety a lot of colors making sure that they're getting all their fiber needs in and really just keeping a good amount of variety for as the long as humanly possible because you don't want a bunch of food intolerance to come out of that you want them to still be able to eat some of the foods and not completely blow up yeah but saying that even foods that they're not intolerant to post show post prep especially and they still might cause issues like at the beginning of your reverse and then you'll find a month or two down the line they're not causing problems anymore yeah exactly so it's just about taking it slow don't freak out if after prep a food that you love is really just upsetting your stomach a lot your gut is just in a very very sensitive place so you really really just need to take it slow and start with the foods that you know your body is going to handle well and then slowly start implementing back in some of the other foods that your body might not be too used to keep the foods that have been working for you in your diet i know you may be sick of chicken and rice. Cook it you, differently. Cook it differently. Keep it the fuck in. You know it's going to work for you, so you know that's a way you're going to be able to get in your calories and not harm yourself. I know. I'm so sick of this chicken and rice slander. It's fucking delicious. There's so many different ways. You can make it Mexican, Chinese, and yeah. within the Chinese, like you can make fucking hundreds of different sauces and flavors like yeah and it's like mexican you can do tacos burritos taco salad like a bunch of different sorry you've got to eat protein it's got to happen you cannot get all your protein in through whey protein powder yeah whey protein powder guys like if you have gut issues just don't drink it oh no like please it's so ultra processed and the dairy in it is just not not good for anyone really but especially if you have any gut issues at all Yeah, what would you say are the number one foods to try and cut out or avoid if you are having these gut issues? 
to you said to try and cut out yeah to try and eliminate like, oh, okay. like the first things you would look for where it's like okay i have this client who came to me with some serious gut issues what foods are you looking for that would be an instant like red flag get that out of here first off any processed food by i mean there's some foods that are a lot more processed than others but just in general that's going to be the number one thing that needs to go first you know these things like if you're eating pre-cooked chicken if you're eating salami and pepperoni these ultra processed meat those need to go red meat in general probably not the move if you're having gut issues dairy and specifically things like milk and cheese are not not going to serve you great if you're having gut issues um uh cruise first vegetables like broccoli cauliflower those are not going to do you very well either how processed are my protein bars uh very protein bars buy yeah protein bars buy protein shakes probably buy yes just eat whole fucking foods not only are you gonna feel so much better and your digestion's gonna be so much better but you're gonna have way less cravings for these carb packing and you know these protein bars you're not gonna have the cravings when you're not consuming them because you're actually gonna be satiating your body yeah like when it comes to like regular versus irregular bowel movements how significant would you say the difference is like around now compared to when you were like trying to car pack and all of that like i mean <laughs> uh, god i think the longest i ever went without going to the restroom was like 12 days so i would go like a week at a time typically and yeah. it was so painful and now i'm going like every day digestion is a1 digestion is pretty much perfect so yes eat whole fucking foods please god (laughs) yeah absolutely guys and make sure that when you are bring you know trying to fix your diet a lot of times your maintenance calories will be low at the same time as you're also trying to fix your gut these are intertwined very 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 often make sure that you are listening to your hunger signals you are seeing if they are regulating and eventually you want to get to the point where hey when you're waking up in the morning traditionally if you're hungry waking up in the morning that's usually a really good sign because that means whatever you're eating throughout your day you're eating at night is all digesting well for you and you're ready to eat again by the time you sleep i believe that's a huge green flag that a lot of people don't look for but if you are getting hungry in the morning i think that is the healthiest thing ever yes hundred 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 percent and i actually always still get hungry in the morning like always no matter how high my calories are so that's like a really good sign sometimes i'll be at night like oh my god i'm so sick i cannot eat a fucking thing but then in the morning i wake up like starving and it's a great sign yeah that just shows you everything's getting shoveled shoveled through your body properly and like that's like when you know you're on point i would say that's like you know you're it when that's happening you're it yeah you're fucking you got it (laughs) hell yeah all right well that's really just what we wanted to cover today gut health eating disorders all of the above so let us know if y'all have any opinions anything you want to add take away disagree with yeah what do you think about tracking food guys do you think it's a disordered eating do you think it causes eating disorders let us know yeah so my instagram is hickey.fit with two t's mine is body by dylan dylan is spelled d-i-l-a-n Yes, so y'all can always shoot us a message on there. Any questions, any requests, we are always, always, always responding to every single fucking message. So 
shoot us a message on there. And in the meantime, if you could please leave us a five-star review wherever you are listening to this episode because it will really, really, really help us grow. Yeah, we're, we haven't missed an episode ever since we started and we don't plan on it. And we want to grow this audience to show our consistency and keep providing value for you guys. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.